Alzheimer's is something that a lot of people are dealing with. A lot of people have been hearing about the fact that it is a significant issue and the amount of research that is being dedicated to Alzheimer's, it goes higher and higher every year. But at the same time, the number of people who are dealing with cognitive decline or dealing with memory issues or dealing with some sort of dementia and things like that, there are so many levels to it that it's hard to have enough money to go around. Well, just here recently, within the last week, the Alzheimer's Association International Convention was held. And not only people who were there in person, but people who attended virtually had an awful lot to find out about what's going on when it comes to Alzheimer's as well as dementia science. And we are delighted right now to be joined by somebody who knows an awful lot about that, and we're delighted to have her joining us. Please welcome into the program once again, Sarah Murphy, Vice President of Programs and Services for the Alzheimer's Association. It is great to have you here, Sarah. Thank you so much for making time for us on KDKA. How are you? Of course. I'm great. How are you? Thanks I, for having me. You know, it's always good to have you back. And you know, my mom went through this. We dealt with it personally for 10 years at the end of her life. I, I, I've, been, I've lived through it with my dad. I lived through it with my sister. We saw it with her sisters. And so many people can report the Dayton story because they've lived through it too. When you get together with other people at something like an international association trade meeting, what kind of things are you learning? What sorts of things? How are you inspired by their stories? How are you lifted up and, and given optimism? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would say the two words that come to mind are excitement and um, progress. And I know people, um, you know, see all the negative um, information regarding research and clinical trials that might not have progressed. But I will say when you are in the room with over 5,500 attendees in person and almost 10,000 people participated in this international conference, both virtually and in person, it is the premier, premier event um, discussing the latest on Alzheimer's and dementia research. And so there was so many promising um, uh, conversations and, and a lot of local researchers as well. We had over 40 local researchers across the Pennsylvania who were there, some of them were presenting and sharing some of their work yeah. and different avenues from learning more about moving towards promising treatments, diagnostic tools. Um, and so there's a lot of really excitement um, and a lot of interesting studies that we came about. But really, it's just excitement. And we could be in the room with an individual or a group from across the globe that is really investigating and learning more about d dementia. So it, it's very exciting and hopeful at the same time. Some of the things that were discussed were the role of racism. Uh, some of the things were discussed were junk food and yeah. exercise. Yeah. I mean, these are that's yeah. a wide range of things, COVID-19 and its role. And let, let, so let's just start with one. Let's start with junk food. Junk food and Alzheimer's? Come on. How? Why, how, why were we talking about those two in the same sentence? Well, yeah, so we, we say junk food, but to be, yeah, that's the candid, right? So it were, there was a study presented, which is fascinating, because this is actually was looking at an eight-year study that looked at ultra-processed foods that potentially could speed cognitive decline. So when we say ultra-processed foods, it, it's like the chips and all the things that, are, um, that are, we like that are not good for you, um, that researchers studied over 10,000 people over eight years that found that a high consumption of ultra-processed food. So about more than 20% of their daily intake led to about a 28% faster decline hmm. um, in their memory and their verbal and executive functioning. 
And so that's huge. And so when you think about that, that's, you know, foods that have large quantities of fat, sugar, salt, those artificial flavors. So if you look at labels and you see things that you don't know how to pronounce, most likely those are those added preservatives like sodas and stuff. And so yeah. that's huge discovery. And so those are, you know, those are things that we can control. And so I think that is something that is a takeaway is that we're learning more and more some of these lifestyle interventions and potentially lowering one's risk for cognitive decline later in life is something that we can talk about as an early in life. We don't have to talk about it at age 85. We can talk about it now what about moving what about movement i mean because it's something as simple as getting up and moving around and they're saying that physical activity i mean we've heard this in so many so many regards but directly related to memory cognition decline where does where does movement come in so there was a study called the excerpt study um that essentially showed that it's the longest uh phase three study of exercise in older adults um, with mild cognitive impairment. And so it showed that after studying these uh, uh, individuals who um, exercise or exercise regime um, after 12 months, people with mild cognitive impairment with both aerobic exercise and stretching um, showed no cognitive decline um, after they 80% of these per- ter- participants who were compiled in this exercise regime after this study. And so that is a, a huge uh, it doesn't reverse and, it. It doesn't stop it, but it, it keeps right. it from moving forward. Right. And so what this suggests is that regular physical activity, even modest or low exertion activity, so it doesn't say go out and run a marathon, right? Yeah. But activities as simple as stretching may protect brain cells against damage. And so anything that produces good oxygen and blood flow to the brain um, is, is showing in these studies, it, it can be very impactful to, to prevent some things. So that's exciting. And the last one that I want to ask you about before I let you go is racism's impact on memory and looking at a thousand adults in that regard in terms of what it does. Tell us about that one. Wow. And so experiences of racism associated with poor memory decline in cognitive decline. This is one of the first, right? So if we look at a study of nearly a thousand middle-aged community-dwelling adults, and you looked at a combination of um, Latinx community, Black, African-American, and and Caucasian, exposure to interpersonal and institutional racism uh, was associated with lower memory scores, um, and it was the associations were strongest within Black individuals. And so those experiences of uh, structural racism were associated with lower um, episodic memory aging among all of the race, racial and ethnic groups um, included in this study. And so, again, that's, that's uh, the social determinants of health, right, that, that we're looking at things as experiences of racism, exercise, nutrition, all of that were some huge takeaways um, from the conference. A lot of things for us to sort of wrap our heads around, and I appreciate you trying to summarize what was a, a ton of research into a very short period of time here. But, Sarah, thank you always for your time, and thank you for the encouragement for those families who are dealing with these issues of memory loss and cognition and dementia and Alzheimer's. It is uh, it, it can be very frustrating, but thank you for giving us some optimism. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, good stuff. Sarah joining us, Sarah Murphy. She is Vice President of Programs, Alzheimer's Association of Greater Pennsylvania. Really, really, really good stuff. And she also, by the way, is research champion of the Alzheimer's Association chapter here in Greater Pennsylvania. So awesome stuff.